It's mainly sunny and 12 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's nine o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. One person is dead and four others injured after a shooting in a West End area of Mississauga, Ontario. Police were called Saturday evening around 7.30 to a restaurant for reports of shots fired. Four victims were taken to trauma centres. A fifth person was found deceased on scene. No updates on the conditions of the other four victims have been provided. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. We are dealing with light volume and dry road conditions all across the city. Over in the southwest, though, we have some construction. 14th Street is closed at Anderson Road, northbound and southbound drivers have no choice but to turn onto Elbow Drive or 24th Street. I'm not seeing any delays right now, though. This goes until the end of the weekend. At Saimon Foods, they've got low prices every day in every aisle. This week, get Pepsi 24 can pack for only $8.49. For the 776 QR traffic helicopter, I'm Kate a Calgary family doctor says delivering vaccines in family practices is the key to reaching vaccine-hesitant patients. Saturday marked the first day patients at McKenzie Family Practice could get a COVID-19 vaccination at the office. The clinic is part of, more, of 60 more physician clinics that are now joining the rollout. In April, 10 doctor's offices in Alberta took part in a pilot project where each delivered 100 doses. Dr. Christine Lilo says her staff have been reaching out to patients who haven't been vaccinated. Lilo says they can track those individuals that are hesitant about vaccines. A lot of family practices have been actually um, indicating that in the chart. So we can go back and we can pull the names of people that we've had that early conversation with who were a maybe, and we can reach out to them, what we call outreach, and uh, ask them to come in for an appointment, have that conversation again, and get them to a yes right now. Each participating clinic will contact their patients who are eligible for vaccination. Participating clinics will offer the Moderna vaccine at this time, with about 8,200 doses expected to be administered by family physicians, staff and teams. Alberta's COVID-19 vaccine program will look to expand the number of participating clinics as the vaccine supply increases. And Ontario is replacing its top doctor more than a year into the COVID-19 pandemic. The province says Dr. David Williams will be retiring as Chief Medical Officer of Health on June 25th. It says it's tapped Dr. Kieran Moore as his replacement. Moore is currently the top doctor for Kingston, Frontenac and Lennox and Addington Public Health. Williams has led Ontario's pandemic response throughout the crisis but has faced much criticism along the way. The government plans to make the changes official when it tables a bill in the legislature tomorrow. Michelle McQuig, The Canadian Press, Toronto. And the company behind the fatal bus rollover in Alberta's Rocky Mountains last year has resumed operations and installed seat belts in its vehicles. Three people were killed and 14 injured when a big-wheeled ice explorer rolled down an embankment and landed on its roof on the Columbia Ice Field on July 18, 2020. The company, Pursuit, told Global News that the ice explorer experience reopened May 21st. At least two lawsuits have been filed on behalf of the 27 people on the bus that day. Taking a look at sports, the score is 6-1 for Team Canada, who's playing Italy at the World Hockey Championship, taking place in Latvia. The second period has ended with 30 shots on goal in the game from Canada so far, and from Italy, it's 11. Global News Sky Tracker weather, mainly sunny and a high of 22 degrees today. Tonight, a few clouds expected with a low of 10, and tomorrow, mainly sunny and 25. 
It's 12 degrees at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. And this is a gardening day. It's it's It always amazes me still when I see the plants, when they kind of during those wet, cool, drabby days, the, the plants sort of, they all huddle down and they kind of close their blooms. And But it's amazing when the sun comes out, like yesterday morning, it was so nice. I was at the garden center a little bit early and just walking around by myself there and having a look around at all the plants and just just amazing how they all come up and then a few of the customers that were sort of the first ones in and they just walked around they go this is amazing there's so many plants and so it's pretty cool um at this time of year we're getting a nice warm day today i think 24 degrees uh again gonna be pretty hot this week so if you're gonna be doing any planting the most important thing is the water if and if you buy some plants and you just have them sit beside the house or in the sun, you don't get to them, just ensure that you're watering them every day, at least. And then when you plant in your trees, you just got to remember you're digging a hole. If it's a five-gallon pot, you're going about 12 to 18 inches. A 10-gallon pot, you're going down almost two feet. And then if you get those big 20-gallon pots, you're going down like two and a half feet. So we got to ensure that we put the water and on them. And this is a slow trickle is the best. Just Barely come out of the hose, put it on each tree for a few hours, a couple hours, just to get down nice and deep. And and if you're at the garden centers buying anything today or the next few days, before you plant them, water them three or four times so the water just saturates that root ball. Because typically when you put them in the ground, they're going to um, – be it's a different climate in the ground too and the soil in the ground is going to be drier and it works like a sponge it actually will take the moisture out of the plant pot it sort of works reverse until you get the water table built up down below on the root ball and then then the root ball can start taking moisture from the ground but when you put something wet it's going to be uh a little bit different um, scenario, so it works in reverse. So, so just ensure that you're giving everything really good water uh, this time of year, especially newly planted things um, is super important. And it's got a few texts already, and uh, and it's a it's a good time when you kind of look. And I got a few things on some shrubs. This looks like a potentilla. I just got a, a text that says, "Good morning, love the show. Can you tell me?" When is a good time to cut this down to the ground? I would do it right now because right now all the energy is coming from the ground up into the foliage of your shrubs and it's going to fulfill. So if you have all that deadwood in there, it's going to take a lot of the – it's trying to push energy into that old deadwood. So you want to you want all that good energy to go into new growth. So any of that rejuvenation, if you're looking at your shrubs and some are looking like potentillas or spireas, some of the other ones, I would just, it's it's time, Ketoniasers, Nine Barks, uh, even Mock Orange, just take them right down to the ground, and then they'll just flourish. They'll push right up from the bottom, and you'll get great new growth. So we got a couple things today. I just, uh, I was just checking the cameras at the garden store and uh, at the garden center, seeing the pizza guy roll in. So we have uh, wood-fired pizzas going on today down at the garden center. 
And actually, we have a special guest on the on the patio. We have uh, Becky McNabb. She does beautiful artwork. <laughs> so we're trying to support local because as a garden center, we've been fairly fortunate. We've been able to stay open. So we got the local food truck guys. I have the local guy who carves the bears. And now we have a local artist coming in. And she's going to be displaying her artwork between 11 and 3 today. So if you check out Becky's fine art, um, she's going to be on the patio. And I think her daughter Ainsley will probably be with her. And uh, so you can uh, check that out. Some gorgeous art, fairly reasonably priced. Local artists, again, we're, we're trying to do everything that we hope that everybody else does too. We're trying to support local shop YYC, support our local artists wherever we can. So by all means, if, uh, if you're out at the garden center, go check out the little patio as we can't have the bistro open right now anyways for sitting. So we're trying to utilize that. So have a, have a look and check out uh, Becky's artwork. It's gorgeous stuff. So have a look and what else do we have going on? We have Jen's going to be calling in here in a bit. We're going to chat about what to do now that you planted all those flowers and then to keep them looking so good. So we're, we're going to see what's going on there. So, but again, just uh, whenever you're at any of the garden centers, just ensure you do the social distancing. We're very fortunate. We have a lot of outdoor space. So just, uh, we have lots of room to spread out. Everybody's been awesome, very patient, waiting in lines and things like that. They've gone through very good. And uh, I just wanted to take a big hats off to our Spruce team. They've done a phenomenal job again this year. And just it's it's been really, really good, good fun this year. Um, all my managers and uh, have really gotten the team rolling along really, really well. So, uh, so th- say thanks to them. Appreciate them from... Everybody from the bag row guys to the annual, the tree lot, everybody, cashiers, and uh, everybody's been down there working really hard to to try and get us through this gardening season. So big thank you to the Spruce team, and uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm going to do a few more texts here. Oh, here we go. And I, I don't want to feel like I'm just tooting my horn on this always. Good morning. We were at your garden center yesterday. Wow. What a selection and such a pleasure to have questions answered instead of being told I'm not too sure. Walked out with big smiles and even more plants. Third trip this year. Question. We have landscape fabric under our bark chips around the plants. Is it necessary under bark? After moving the chips and the fabric to plant more, we noticed that water was being beading on the fabric. Yeah, and you got to make sure you're, yes, and is there a right way to lay? There is an up and down side. The shiny side um, should be down. And depend what fabric, I guess. Some of the older ones have the fabric. With bark nuggets, like you were saying you have, I use fabric. If I'm using shredded bark mulch, I do not use fabric. I like it because it'll weave itself together. It creates a weed barrier itself and kind of sticks to the soil. And then that way, if you ever need to plant anything or do anything, it's easy enough. You can just rake the mulch away. You can dig a hole, push it back in, and then you'll be totally fine. The only time I use fabric is if with nuggets. And then if I'm doing gravel like rundle or washed rock or any of the river rock, things like that, then I use fabric. But definitely not 
when I'm using uh, the shredded bark mulch. And that's my favorite. I, I do love prefer the shredded because I do like how it weaves itself together, keeps the weeds at bay, holds the moisture in. So, and it just, uh, especially underneath spruce trees and things like that, it just really helps recreate the forest floor. So, um, I do, I do like using that a little bit more. Okay. Got one more here. <clears throat> Sorry. Excuse me. Good morning. We are wanting to plant a long row of lilacs and wondered if we could take suckers from a lilac shrub that we have in our yard. Is it a good time to do that now? Usually do it just before they leaf out. And they don't, I guess they kind of suck. You need to get a good hunk of the of the root ball a little bit or the root chunk. Try a couple little ones and, and just see how it goes. Do it early in the morning when it's cool and and then see if that that will help. Um, give that a try, Chad. Hopefully that helps you. Okay. I got another one here. Hi, Merle. I've planted mint all around my house to get rid of pests, and it works. Great against mosquitoes. Is there anything I can plant to get rid of other pests like flies? Well, I know you can use citronella. There's the a scented geranium that works as well. So you could try a couple of those other things. But maybe I'll maybe we'll pick Jen's brain a bit and see if she has any ideas on any bug deterrent plants. We'll see if uh, if we can stump Jen. So I'm giving her a little bit of a heads up here so she can be ready for me and. And right now, I'm just going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk with Jen and uh, answer a bunch more gardening questions. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's favorite year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And right now, I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to chat with Jen Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Merle. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. I'm excited for the day. It's it's uh, there's already people ready to shop. <laughs> Get yeah, out I it. just checked the cameras in the parking lot's almost full already. So it's uh, everybody's up and at them early. I see a cartload of big pots going out to someone's car, and yeah, so, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. It's awesome. It's yeah. been really fun. And isn't it like? I just love how the plants, like I was saying earlier, um, just like during those cold days, the plants kind of cuddle up and curl up a little bit. But then when the <laughs> yeah. sun warms up, like something like us, right? You kind of you, you put on your extra yeah. coat, clothing, and all this other stuff. But it's kind of neat how they uh, now when you go outside, they just they just push in all that beautiful color. So fantastic! Yeah, they kind of just yeah they come back to life in a way, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So. You and I are chatting a little bit, and so when people are planting their their flowers and they take these beautiful hanging baskets home, and now they wonder, okay, what do I do with it? Mm-hmm. Like, and how do I keep it this beautiful? Because in in hanging baskets and some of the pots, it, it, they do require a bit of maintenance and a little bit of work, right? For sure, yeah, absolutely. And it's not even it's not too bad. I think with hanging no. baskets. Right, it's just watering. People need to kind of be more aware that they're they're a little more exposed and there's less soil in there. So um, stay on top of your watering with your hanging baskets. Usually on a hot day, I would just regardless get out there and water the basket for the day, so it's it's kind of ready to go. Um, yeah, and they're dark. Yeah, and a ten in a ten inch. Typically, it, it'd be really hard for it to um, last all the way till September. Like, yeah, it's just fair. too small of a pot. 
Ike. Um, so if you are looking to get some of those smaller baskets, um, look at maybe transplanting them into a pot or, or into a larger hanging basket. And that way you get the full year out of them. Yeah. And, uh, so you, you, you sent me a thing regarding like deadheading petunias. And I've had this question a few times. So, yeah. um, so how do you, like, do you pinch the whole green thing off or do you just take the petal off or just the bloom? Yeah, that's such a great question, too, because I think being in the garden center, you forget that some people actually just, they don't know because they haven't done it before. So you take that whole green part off because I know you and I were talking about it reproducing with the seed, right? So you want to take that off. The plant forces out more growth. It's trying to seed again. So it's going to put out a whole whole new flower for you. So that's... Absolutely. yeah, that's hugely important for tidiness too. So with yeah, with any your any of your annual baskets, it's important to deadhead. So when the flowers start looking a little bit spent, they peel them off and or just pull them off or cut them off if you have little pruners or whatever. Depends yeah. on how if you like to get in there with your hands or or not. <laughs> well, it's true, and don't do be that. shy, right, Merle? Like, don't I know some people are they're so worried about damaging the plant or taking off too much, but a lot of those plants. They um they actually thrive off of that. I remember the verbena last year. We we cut in half or more. Actually, <laughs> it came back yeah. so well. Well, yeah. even when we had a bit of that frost and some of the stuff earlier, like those coleus, I know mm-hmm. when you guys first seen me pull one down, <laughs> I'm just going and pull them out, <laughs> and you're like, uh, oh my god, what's he doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it that's what they need, right? Because they're going to waste all that energy trying to revive that old foliage or or frozen stuff and they're not dead it's just it got a little bit of frost damage so you just they just need to be cut back and then they'll pop back out of that and uh, and recover quite nicely so especially with some rage plus as well i know i i can't say enough good stuff about that product i know our customers last year the year before all people talk about but it's it's so beneficial it makes such a difference that rage plus as well. Yeah, when you're when you're trying to get the recovery and and good maintenance, mm-hmm. but and for the blooming, you just want to and fertilize, kind of once a week with a fifteen thirty fifteen. It, it does make all the difference. And I'm going to give a little shout yeah. out to one of our customers, uh, Jay. He runs the a couple of the pubs in town, the Kildares and the Rose and Crown, on down on Fourth. Um, he he is a guard like he loves gardening. And actually, I got to show you a picture. He just built a, a herb wall because he has oh. the little breakfast spot called Poach right there in Silverado. So he built a herb wall with this old wood in different pots. I'll show you when I wow. in there. I'll, I'll, I'll forward the deck. This beautiful, but it really made me realize again, like what fertilizer? Because some of our bigger moss baskets, lot it was the year before, about July, they were just looking. We hadn't got to the full maintenance of them. And I and I went for lunch over there to on the patio sitting at Kildare's and I'm just looking, I go, These are our planters and why do they look so good? <laughs> <laughs> and That's I'm just awesome. saying like compared to ours a bit, because we had let let it go a little bit and we hadn't fertilized as much <laughs> as we should have on some of them. Right. Because yeah. um typically we bring them in, we we have a fertilizer program in our growing greenhouses. And then once we bring them into ours, typically we're we're just moving them and selling them and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that, right? It's true. It's true. Yeah, but um, it's just like it makes a huge difference. So absolutely, it's, uh, that care yeah. right takes some pride. That's yeah. why I tell people to pick the plants that you really love to look at because that'll help you take care of them as well. 
Um, so, and, and we did find some more of the vermilionaire, the honeymoon bird plants, but we have them in little, t- they're two and a half inch or three inch pots. They are. Yeah. They're so cute actually, but they're, uh, they're great little stuffers. That way people can just plop them in with the rest of their plants in a, in a pot too, right? Doesn't I, know, I, to take I gotta make sure I get a couple. I didn't get mine yet. So I'm going <laughs> to sneak a few of those. I, I'm, I know I'm looking at my planters. They're all, uh, waiting for me to, to do some planting. So yeah, this week. There. Um, and don't forget too, you brought up the bugs early. I heard, I heard you, uh, before you went yeah. to commercial there and, um, I know people have been asking about it as well, but some of the bug, um, repellents, marigolds are one, um, they're actually a natural, um, they have a natural component Absolutely. in there that, right. And I even have a dog spray for it. Um, it doesn't harm the dogs, but marigolds, lavender, lemongrass, rosemary, basil, catnip, mint, those are all, they'll help repel. And I was learning something about cucumbers too, cucumber, um, peels have something acidic in there and they help repel the wasps. I didn't know that. So you can either grow the plant or even help with uh, the peels around your yard or garden. Cool. Who knew? Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, awesome, Jen. Well, I'm probably just going to let you go. I think we're, we're all done up. I might take a couple callers here real quick. You bet. And uh, thank you so much. And we'll you see it. you down. We'll see you down at the, at the farm in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, Jen. Good. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to go to the phone lines, and I'm going to chat with Jeff. Good morning, Jeff. Well, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Thank you. Uh, That's good. Good. What do we got going? I have a bit of a problem with our, our, our lemon tree. I'm a junior gardener. My wife, Paula, loves gardening, um, and I have one plant that, that seems to be losing a lot of leaves. Uh, we transplanted about a month ago, and it's just uh, slowly dying. Yeah, and that's uh, the lemon trees will do that. And so, Jeff, mine typically does this once a year. I just just before I just put mine outside, and and I leave it out there all summer. And it typically it lost all its foliage, and they're like a deciduous tree. So a lot of times they'll get into a cycle where they'll drop a good portion of their old leaves, and then they go into full new growth. So what I do at that point, I give them a really good flush of water, make sure I wash out any of the bad stuff in the soil, give it a good flushing, and then I fertilize with a 30-10-10. And that gives it enough, of, it gives you a good nitrogen boost, which and they like the acidic soil, so they really like the 30-10-10. And then there's enough of the phosphate in the middle number and then the end number to produce blooms. So mine is full of blooms. I probably go about, 10, 15 lemons just starting on it, but now it'll fully um, leaf out and it'll look great all summer, but they do go through a shedding process. Typically when you transplant them or change the scenery a bit, if you move them around or sometimes they get on the cycle when you sort of get into this beginning of summer, they kind of drop a bit and then they, they flush out all the new stuff. Does that make sense? So there's still hope for me. Jeff, when you're calling in to me, I won't let you go, buddy. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> <laughs> really? Right. Thank you. All right. Take care, bud. Thank care. you. Bye-bye. And we got time. I'll take one more. We'll go to Anna Marie. Hello, Merle. Good, uh, good morning. I good need, morning. I need, I'm desperate for help. Uh, okay. I have been bluebell in my lawn. Yeah. I have taken a tiger torch to it. I raked it. I tiger torched it again. 
Uh, yeah. Come back yeah, the best, the, you can, I would just try to use Killax. Is, try and hit it a few times with Killax, especially right now because the leaves are still small and tender. And, and Killax is a selected herbicide, so it only goes after the broad leaf. It won't kill your grass. Oh, so no, I won't dis- kill my grass. I want yeah, to go it, over. I've, I've yeah. had grass. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, it, it, yeah, so try the Killax. And it, like you said, it won't. If they are in the grass, it won't kill the grass. So you can use that on your dandelions, the bluebell, and and give that a try. And uh, and that should hopefully help you take care of it. You have to be a little bit persistent. Like this week, I would spray it once a day for the next uh, couple of days here in this heat coming up, and hopefully okay. that should be able to get rid of them. Okay. Now, how do I kill my grass? Oh, if you want to kill the grass too, then the only- you use. I'm going for clover. Okay. Um, probably the best thing would be I would get a sod cutter, and okay. I would just go through either rent or hire someone with a sod cutter where they go through and just take all the sod out. But I got to take a quick break. I hope that okay. helps. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Just taking a quick break. We'll return right away with more gardening questions right here on 770 CHQR. Sunny and 15 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. The number of Albertans in hospital with COVID has dropped to 478. The government has said if there are fewer than 500 people in hospital two weeks from now, at the same time the latest vaccinations take full effect, it will lift an array of health restrictions on June 10th. Premier Jason Kenney says the decline in hospitalizations shows that Albertans' efforts to stick to guidelines and to get vaccinated are paying off. And a new vaccination clinic opened yesterday in downtown Calgary that will provide the Pfizer COVID shot to the city's homeless population. Vaccination clinic for the homeless will be every Wednesday and every second Saturday to the end of June from 4.30 to 7.30 p.m. The site is located at 316 7th Avenue Southeast. It's 15 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back. <coughs> Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons. And I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to chat with Carmen. Good morning, Carmen. Good morning. How are Hello? you today? Hi there. I'm nervous. Hi, how are you? Don't be nervous. Just me. It's all good. Well, you're kind of a celebrity to my grandma. She listens to you every Sunday. She's the one who told me about you. Yeah, you're welcome. She's she's 93 and she's just obsessed with gardening still. And yeah, she listens to you every Sunday. Awesome. And and, and I'm very grateful for those listeners because actually they have passed on uh, so much knowledge to the next generations as well. Yeah. And and when they call in and then they also like our demographics at the store and listening to the show has changed so much over the last uh even 2 years and with the covid and and but also just a lot of younger people like you go to the when I go into the garden center I just see so many young families and people and just um even young couples and just even 
two two guys, two buddies coming in to buy a bonsai, like twenty year olds, right? right? So it's kinda it's interesting how it's evolving. Well, I'm so. I'm middle aged and my boyfriend and I were we're both brand new gardeners, so we have no idea what we're doing, but we're really excited to get started. But All right, you know. let's get you going. What do you, how can I help you? Well, we, we have these three very large uh, wooden boxes, planter boxes. I have a big, yep. big patio. I don't have a yard. So we don't want to go crazy with the soil or get the wrong soil because it's a lot of soil to put in the boxes. But um, we had plans for growing a raspberry bush in one of the boxes. I, I heard you okay. can do that. Um I'm kind of confused when I look on the internet as to how to do it. Um, I want to make sure it's successful year after year. And from what I read, it's potting soil that you need. Well, uh, it depends. Are these going to be raised boxes or are they going to be connected to the ground? They're raised. <clears throat> so I just have one large cement patio. And um, so they have a wooden base. So they're they're not going to be in the ground, in the ground. Okay. But they're, so it might they're be, very large it, boxes. They're, they're like almost... Okay, so the one box I'd be planting it in is uh, 55 centimeters height, 155 centimeters length, and 75 centimeters in depth. So it's quite okay, so a that's about two box. feet, two feet deep. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to be any less than that because I'll be honest. A lot of times the stuff won't winter. If you're in Edmonton, it would work a lot better because they stay frozen. Right. So our biggest problem in the is in the winter time is when we get our Chinooks, those Chinooks that we love. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it also, if it's out in the full sun, we get those warm days and then that soil sits out there and it just dries out, dries out, dries out. And then everything inside there just desiccates. Right. So it's important to mulch over. Um, and they say raspberries aren't too bad because they have smaller fibrous roots. So you should, mm -hmm. you should be okay. But actually I, I am going to help you out. I know you're probably digging a little bit for this but that's okay i like it i'm going to give you a big yellow bag <laughs> oh and, awesome and awesome. okay so what um so this will and the good folks down there at uh, eagle lake landscape supply they yep. fill these bags and you can chat with nathan and his crew down there and they you can just let them know what you're doing you'll probably want to do like with the outdoor garden mix um okay. is probably what i'd recommend but they have a few different um blends that you could get in the big yellow bag so okay. um again our good friends at uh, eagle lake will get you that but i would put a little bit of bark mulch or something in the fall in and the just fall. ensure yeah after in like fall? in oct in the fall like oh, put fall. mulch okay. on it mm -hmm. yeah in the fall autumn okay. um and then make sure you just water it in really well like just okay. really water it in after the first freeze up Right. Just so it, it, so we try to freeze that soil and hopefully it stays frozen because right. that's the hardest part of when they thaw and then it sits out there and it's just dry soil and just and then it right. and just desiccates in there. So, yeah. all right, okay. And also, um, one more quick question: um, we want to grow uh, carrots and lettuce and potatoes um, as well in these boxes. So, I mean, am I going to be using the same type of soil for all of them or? For the most part, yeah. For a lot of, the, if you just do an outdoor gardening, you can just use like a good garden mix for the most part. And like, unless you get into flowers, like into like indoor pots on your on your patio and stuff like that, then mm -hmm. I go to a soilless mix. I use something like the the black gold or our spruce up all purpose things like that. 
Well, we did all of our flowers already in, in ceramic pots, so that's okay. Yeah. We're not going to put flowers yeah. in there, just veggies. Yeah, no, so okay. that's that same good garden mix. You'll be fine. Perfect. Okay, thank you so yeah. much for your help. Awesome. And I'll just put you on hold, and Gord will get your info, and then he'll get you set up for the big yellow bag from our good friends at Eagle Lake Landscape Supply. Thank you so much, Merle. All right, take care. All right, and where I'm at for time, I got time. I'm going to go to Carol. Good morning, Carol. Morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Well, I'm wanting to experiment a little bit this summer, and I'd like to take one container and just plant it with uh, cacti and succulents. So, um, just and, and I've never planted or used any of them before. So. Number one, I'm assuming that I would have to get special soil. Um, not really, actually. If you just use our good potting soil, okay. I all have the succulent. I have your black gold. Is that yeah? That would be just fine. Um, if you want, you could add a little bit of sand, but really, you don't need to. Um, typically, we'll put a lot of that in that if you already have that soil. And succulents and and cactus love being outside. Um, I know, and I've mentioned her a couple of times, but our good friend, Anita, she does a lot of her planters outside and she'll use the fire sticks and the different cactus and succulents. A lot of times they're nice because you can leave them a couple of days without water. So if you, if you kind of like compared to some of the flowers where you have to water every day, otherwise they'll, they'll start wilting on you. The cacti and those succulents can withstand a little bit of neglect. So they're, okay. they're a great outdoor plant. Oh, that, that's great. Um, you mentioned fire sticks, so I would have, so not knowing very much about them. I guess it's like with everything else, you're going to look for different what um, sizes and textures and colors. Absolutely. Yeah, same thing. Your same same process. You look for the thrillers, spillers, and fillers in uh, in your in your succulent. So you get some of those big fire sticks or the flapjacks. Um, Dick and Echeverias, you can add a jade in there, or you could do a big cacti in the center. Sort of this same process as, as what you're thinking of if you do a big Dracaena. So you could put could put a big cactus in the middle. You could do some of the jades on the outside. You could do some of the sedum that flows over the over the side for your for your thriller and spillers. So yeah, you're exactly on the right track, Carol. Oh my gosh, that's great. So do they need to be fertilized? It doesn't hurt them, but out of the soil, they're going to get a fair bit. But again, I, I always like to use the 15-30-15 for that. It's a blooming fertilizer, but it's also good for the roots. So with the succulents, you tend to have a little bit smaller root. Um, they don't have, like, they have smaller roots. So I would right. just uh, use the 15-30-15 sort of once every couple of weeks, and that'll be great. And then just make sure you bring them in before the freeze up, like sort of when we get into mid-September, when we start getting those cooler temperatures, you can either separate them and put them back into smaller pots for next year, or or you can just bring in the whole pot if you have room for it in the house. Okay, Th that sounds great. My last question then is, um, if a person were going to go away for 10 days, would you have to add something like one of those water globes or would you just give them a really good watering and uh, to be honest yeah i'd give them a really good watering and then maybe just move that pot into a little bit of a shadier spot and it should be totally fine for eight to ten days no problem 
Perfect. Thanks so much. You've answered all my questions, and I'm excited to try this. So Yeah, you'll love it, actually. And we actually have some hardy cacti coming into the garden center. I think we already have some as well. So if you want to add – if you have a real hot spot in your yard, you can use uh, the, the cactus that we have coming in. So. Right. So so you have a lot of those in stock right now? Yes, we do. Yeah, variety. we have a whole tropical area. Yeah. And just talk okay. to Jess in there. She's awesome. She loves uh all the all the she's our tropical plant specialist. So Okay. That's terrific. Awesome. Thanks so much. Have a good day. You're welcome. You Bye. as well. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, I'm gonna take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and the phone lines are wide open. You can give us a call at 403-974-8255, and uh, love to hear from you. And I think we still have Kathy on the line, do we not, Gord? Morning, Kathy. Morning, Mel. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you today? Well, um, we have questions around clematises. Uh, We just bought three of them. Uh, Constance, Bluebird, and Henry. Okay. Only thing is, is the tags don't state which is what group, one, two, or three. Okay. Are they lettered? Do you see any letters on them, like A, B, or C? Uh, Good question. Hang on. The C is the one the best for Calgary area. Okay. It just happens to be C, but it actually <laughs> works out that it's oh, the okay. one for. Oh, okay, C for Calgary. Um, just give me a second. We're just going outside. <laughs> okay. Um, um, so what are they coming up from the ground again, or you just planted them? No, we've just bought them. We haven't planted them, and we only have two trellises, and we okay. wanted to plant two together and yeah. or the other separately, uh, but we weren't sure which ones get cut right back. Or which ones will grow on old wood? Well, and if it doesn't stay on there, um, a lot of times it's usually fairly easy. I, I, a lot of times I'll leave it anyways all winter, and then I just see what they do in the springtime. If they don't, if there's, if they come up from the bottom, then I just take the rest of it off the top. Or if they start bloom, if they start growing from the old wood, then I leave those. Okay, so it's always better to leave the stuff till spring, anyways, because that's sort of let Mother's Nature's way to help protect it as well. Oh, I got it. So leave, just plant them. Um, yep. In and whatever arrangement, and then yeah, springtime. Oh, yeah. Okay, because we um, get a lot of our advice I can from the ABCs. <laughs> yep. Um, so the C is the one that will will grow, and and you don't have to cut back. Okay. And A and B would be cut back. I then. believe, but and some of them aren't hardy for our for our area. But did you get them at uh, at a garden center or or depends? Sometimes you just gotta see what varieties. Some of the places are bringing in ones that are not hardy for our area as well. Like okay. if you have to get them at some of the box stores or even Costco stuff like that. Sometimes they bring in stuff because the yeah, guy who no, orders it from some, Vancouver uh, Garden Center. Okay, then you should be good. They should be hardy varieties. Um, so just take a look on the tags and, and, and see what those are. Alrighty. And so uh, C is a no cut back and A and B would be cut back? Yeah, it depends on the variety. Like there's a few different rules on the clematis. Um, I'll, and I'll, I'll answer this question, but I'll pull it back up. I'd, 
I don't have them all right in my head, but I'll pull it up here and I'll mention it here in a little bit on the show. All, all right. right. Well, thanks, Merle. Appreciate your. You're very uh, welcome. Oh, and have a nice day. You as well. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, and I think I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and I'm just going to go over the really quickly here on the clematis. So group A, and those are ones that the flowers come on on the previous year wood. So that's like the Jack Manny and things like that. And, uh, and it's always good to remove the, the dead stems when they're done blooming and, and then prune later in June. And then that'll help get it going. Group B is very similar to group A with little pruning as needed. And, 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 Sort of early, early spring. I like to wait and see when when I start seeing the green growth starts coming up. And again, with all these, you want to use uh, fifteen thirty fifteen as a great fertilizer for them, and they do like a cool root. And if you have a group B, you just don't want to do any heavy, heavy pruning on either A or B because then you you won't get any blooms the the second year there. And then group C is considered the easiest. Um, a clematis and 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 they bloom on this year's growth so just cut the back early spring and then they come up from the bottom and they'll just bloom on all the new wood so just use those sorry and that's the jack manny in that one sorry i was i was confused on that one i apologize but that if you can try and find group c's a lot of times those are the easiest and work the best in our climate here in Calgary. But right now I'm going to go to the phone line and I'm going to chat with Margaret. Good morning, Margaret. Hello. Um, I was wondering why my marigolds aren't blooming. I planted them from seed uh, from my marigolds last year, and uh, which were great. And I grew them in the house. They're eight inches tall. I've put them out and yeah. replanted them, and there are no blooms. Okay, it should be, they should be starting. They, they could be just um, coming up, and depending if you, if you used any type of fertilizer, you just no. want to use a higher middle number. But those should be blooming, and they could be the taller one. What Are they the big tall ones or the little ones? Or They're, Last year they grew to 10 inches. Okay, so they won't bloom yet. They're going to keep going. Those are like the Cracker Jack or the Inca ones, I can't remember which exact variety, but they get quite tall before they'll bloom. So they need to get their growth up and then they start blooming. So I think just be a bit patient, let the sun do its thing, get them going, and you should start seeing some blooms in the next couple of weeks. Oh, there's nothing you can spray on them to... No, uh, we'll just fertilize a bit more, like 15, 30, 15, and that's it. They'll, oh, but they I need to fertilize so, at all. Yeah, so that will help, but they're taller, right? So they go, they got to yes. get to their, they typically get into their height before they start blooming. Okay, and the fertilizer is fifteen thirty. Fifteen. Fifteen. Thank yep. you. All right, take care. Bye bye. All right, I'm going to go to Don. Good morning, Don. Good morning, Merle. Uh, how are you this morning? Good, good. How can I help you today? Well, you can help me like you helped me last year. Only this year I have a pencil and a piece of paper handy so I can write down what you told me to do. <laughs> All right, let's do it. 
So I have Virginia creeper and honeysuckle that are growing up, and last year they just got devastated by bugs. Yeah, uh, by the end of the year, there was nothing left. Now they're really yeah, doing well that, this year. That's the help. leaf hopper. Yeah. So this is when all those bugs start eyeing it up too. This is when we're this, especially this spring, we got lots of the lots of early moisture, good yeah. heat right now. So there's lots of tender growth on all of our plants. So this one we're going to see lots of aphids and things like that and then the leaf hoppers love those vines that you're talking about so you need a product called pure spray green and yeah and you need to spray it sort of once a week or every five days something like that from now until about mid-july and then you sort of get through that cycle of when they've come and lay their eggs and do all their thing okay but once you get past that sort of mid-july you should be okay you might want to do it every couple weeks after that but if you get them through that cycle where they're not in there laying eggs, it makes a huge difference because uh, I've done this with a few larger areas where we've had the Virginia creeper and things like that. And and I know exactly what you mean. They just look awful if if they get in there. Just everything turns brown and it's just it's kind oh, of gross. Sure. Yeah, it really is. Great. I have written it down. I'm going to go right now. Awesome. Thanks, Don. No, thank you. Bye-bye. Take care, bud. All right. And if you'd like to join me, the phone lines are wide open as well, 403-974-8255. And I'm going to go to Leslie. Good morning, Leslie. Um, I'm calling about mushrooms. What, <clears throat> I had a crabapple tree, had it cut down about almost three years ago now, had the um, roots taken out. But I'm getting all these mushrooms just in that area. Um, for the past two years, and I've got a hole with the mushrooms in it that's almost a foot deep. Yeah, what it is is it's from the old root system. Okay. So, so with the old roots are in there, they're starting to decay, and that creates a fungus, and the mushrooms start growing in there. So, really, the best way is just keep picking the mushrooms, or digging down and just removing a bunch of the old roots as much as possible. So and, I should uh, have somebody, like, um, I can't do that. So I yeah, have you have to, to hire, a, hire a gardener of some sort or a, or a, a lawn maintenance company uh-huh. and just let them know what you need done and, and, uh, and go from there. Okay, so I should really try and get those roots out again. Yeah, then. that's it's just, it's just Mother Nature's way of decaying the old roots and things like that. So it'll go for a couple more years. It depends how big the roots are, right? So well, this tree I, was probably 50 or 60 years old. Okay, so yeah, you're going to be going for a while. So <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. But yeah, so unfortunately, yeah, you're just going to have to dig down, remove, remove as much of the roots as possible, revitalize the soil with some new, nice new garden mix, and then you should be good to go. Uh, okay. Thanks, Mary. All right. You're very welcome. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to read a couple of texts here. Good morning, Merle. I put my tomatoes out for sun, and the wind gust caught the big one and bent and bent it over before I got the cage on it. Now support it. Will it heal itself, Al? Um, definitely. But if you're going to transplant it, and I don't know if it's in the if it's in the pot, and that's why I always plant my tomatoes deep. I would say you probably didn't plant it deep enough. So typically I bury my tomatoes about one-third or half of it in the ground, if not more. 
So if it's two feet, I'll plant it at least a foot deep. Or if it's eight inches, I plant it sort of in that four inches deep. I pull off all the bottom leaves and I bury that stem so it's nice and deep and down into the bottom. Because it just, it all the, it'll grow a whole bunch of little root hairs off the sides and it thickens it right up so it doesn't blow over. If you leave it like that, it can get real floppy on you and it'll blow over in the wind. And if it's not caged and things like that. So, um, for for me, Al, I would just I would pull it out, maybe repot it, plant it deeper, and put the cage on, and then you should be totally fine, watered in well, and you'll be good to go. And I'm good to go to take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's talk gardening on 770 CHQR. Sunny and 15 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. A man in his 50s was taken to hospital last night after a collision involving a motorcycle. EMS say a single rider was sent to hospital in serious condition after losing control of his motorcycle. The collision happened in the area of Glenmore Trail and 69th Street Southwest around 9.55 p.m. Westbound lanes of Glenmore were closed for hours before reopening just before 3 a.m. this morning. Beginning tomorrow, drivers will be required to slow down in Calgary's neighbourhood streets from 50 kilometres an hour to 40. Global's Krista Dow reports. As Calgarians adjust to this new default speed limit, Calgary police say members will focus on education and outreach before they transition to enforcement, and that's by issuing fines for those speedy drivers. Now, beginning Monday, all unposted speed limits will be defaulted to 40 kilometers per hour. This change will affect both residential and many collector roads in those neighborhoods. The city says there are an average 9,000 collisions per year on streets inside Calgary neighborhoods, with an average of 550 of them resulting in serious injury or death. A Calgary family doctor says delivering vaccines in family practices is the key to reaching vaccine-hesitant patients. Saturday marked the first day patients at McKenzie Family Practice could get a COVID-19 vaccination at the office. The clinic is part of 60 more physician clinics that are now joining the rollout. In April, 10 doctors' offices in Alberta took part in a pilot project where each delivered 100 doses. Dr. Christine Alilo says her staff have been reaching out to patients who haven't been vaccinated. Local teacher Heidi White was vaccinated at her family doctor's office as part of the program to get more people vaccinated. White says she knows getting vaccinated is the right decision for her. Well, I cried before I came, so really excited. I feel really fortunate and grateful, and the prospect of uh, schools opening with no masks next year or my kids being able to go to summer camp and, you know, do sports next year is really exciting, so I'm happy about it. Each participating clinic will contact their patients who are eligible for vaccination. Participating clinics will offer the Moderna vaccine at this time with about 8,200 doses expected to be administered by family physicians, staff and teams. Alberta's COVID-19 vaccine program will look to expand the number of participating clinics as the vaccine supply increases. And this is the last weekend you'll be able to access Kananaskis and the Bow Valley Corridor for free. Beginning June 1st, all personal and commercial vehicles stopping in parks and public lands in Kananaskis country 
and the Bow Valley Corridor will need to purchase a conservation pass. It's $15 for a single vehicle day pass or $90 for an annual pass where up to two vehicles can be registered. They can be purchased online, in person at an information centre or at the Canmore Nordic Centre. Unlike the National Parks Pass, this one is virtual and registered to a license plate. K-Country has been flooded by visitors, particularly in the past year due to restrictions, but some have left an overwhelming mess. The province says funds from the pass will help pay for conservation and public safety services and facilities. Starting Tuesday, license plates will be scanned and owners without a pass may receive a warning or a fine in the mail. According to the province, how much offenders will be fined, the payment processes and timelines will be shared June 1st. And two people have died and as many as 25 injured in a shooting outside a banquet hall in South Florida. Miami-Dade Police Director Alfredo Ramirez says the shooting started after midnight when three people stepped out of a white SUV and opened fire on concert goers with assault rifles and handguns. This is a despicable act of gun violence, a cowardly act. Authorities believe the shooting was targeted. Taking a look at sports, a big win for Team Canada this morning. They beat Italy in the World Hockey Championship. The final score was 7-1. Canada's final tally for shots on goal was 49, while Italy's was 14. Global News Sky Tracker weather, mainly sunny and a high of 22 today. Tonight, a few clouds expected with a low of 10. And tomorrow, mainly sunny and a high of 25 degrees. It's 15 degrees at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And actually got a couple of people asking about ants. And one way we've, we've talked about the ant hotel, and this is where you get just like a black nursery pot or something like that with some holes in the bottom on the sides, fill it with soil and, uh, and then you just put it out by your ant hill and then the ants will tend to move into that, to that, uh, ant hotel. And then you can just carry the whole thing out of there. You need at least a five or a 10 gallon pot, something big enough that will, can contain a, a fairly big, uh, ant colony. And then you can remove them that way. The other way is we have some products called ant out where you can spray it in there. And, and do it that way and see how that goes. Pure spray green, you can do a soil drench with that. Um, otherwise, they, they can be a little bit nasty, yes. So see, see what you can do there. And right now I'm going to go to the phone line and speak with Janice. Good morning, Janice. Thank you so much. Um, uh, I enjoy your show a lot. Thank- and thank you. thank you, thank you for the lemon tree information. I'm down to I have three lemon trees. I'm down to the last leaf on one, but never throw your plants out, right? You just nurse them. <laughs> well, and they they go they go through cycles, right? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly. And you have always said it's a tree, so it's yep. natural to shed. And what I found as well, they like certain locations. Because one yep. of my lemon trees is beautiful and it's got, you know, little buds on it for lemons. And But the other one I put downstairs under a grow light and it didn't really like that. No, it prefers a bit. It does like the cool nights and it just loves being outside. And that's what I yep. find. 
Yeah. Um, I put mine out. Like I said, this year I even put out a little bit earlier, and even a couple of those nights when it was plus two to almost zero, I left it out there. I said, I'll try it, and it uh, it survived, and it's just perking right back up now with this nice oh, yeah. warm weather. And putting it out gradually, like I would imagine you'd prefer for partial shade to start with? Yeah, because to start with. inside the house to outside? Yeah, I have mine in a bright window, so it gets light all the time. So I... I'm I I put it right out and it's it's a south facing pad okay. yeah and, it, okay. and it's I was it seems to, about that. it seems to be fine yeah yes so and uh, also I want to say to your listeners what is information worth every time we come to your place yes I agree with that fellow you never say oh I'm not sure <laughs> there is well, always someone who can give you some good scientific information. Absolutely. So I appreciate that. Yeah, and we definitely try and, and, and I know our team down at the garden center is always trying to, if they don't have the exact answer, oh, um, they'll, they'll definitely they, find someone they, who can get it for you. They are amazing. And I've had them identify trees by the leaf, pressed leaf and, you know, all sorts of different, uh, good information. So I would say, if I'm paying five or ten dollars more, it's worth it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, no, and and, and we do get that because some people call in, they come, or I get a couple of texts or uh, some on a Google review about, oh, your price is cheaper or more expensive than the superstore, but right. it's a different business. Like they bring in those plants, they blow them out, they yeah, don't mark them up, but yeah. we have to have the knowledge that we show you how to design. We, we so yeah. and and all the garden centers are like that. So you, yeah, you will pay a exactly. little bit more, but. It's uh, we give you the service, and we're the ones that sponsor your kids' hockey teams and all that other stuff. Exactly, you're community-minded, which I love. So I have one quick question. Uh, I think I know the answer, but you know, an all-purpose fertilizer, twenty twenty twenty. Yeah. Is ten 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 just? It's very similar, and it. Yeah, it's probably you probably look at it. That one might be an organic one. Yeah. Because um, sometimes the numbers are lower on the organic one, so it's all very. Right. It'll be the same, similar to the twenty twenty twenty. Just a good all purpose, and you're good to sure. go. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you day. for the call. Appreciate okay. it. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, and I'm gonna go to Lynn. Good morning, Lynn. Well, good morning. Um, I planted my sweet pea seeds about four weeks ago, um, okay. and they came. They started coming up about uh, a week ago. Um, and this is the first time in 30 years that I've had problems with sweet peas. Uh, first of all, I only got 10% germination. And hmm. second of all, the ones that did come up, something is chewing on them. Okay. So they're not, I, I yeah, just wondered what the heck would be chewing on them and what can I well, do Well, this time that? of year is when all the, like the aphids and some of the little worms and because all the foliage is nice and fresh and supple. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot easier to chew, and it tastes a little better because it's full of all that new nutrients. <laughs> so what I would use is probably just a product like Pure Spray Green. Okay. Give them a spray. See if you can see any bugs on there, and maybe just uh, even just give them a quick rinse off. Because sweet peas, I agree, they're usually pretty resilient to most bugs. You don't, They're not one that get a big infestation besides aphids and stuff like that. So, Yeah, okay. And do you have any idea why I, I have such low germination? Um, I'm, 
it, the soil hasn't warmed up that much, so just ensure that you're keeping it quite moist. Yes. And and maybe they're just starting, and that would be my only thing, is that we, we it has been a real cool spring up until the last few days. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. We'll still hope they come up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just keep on it. Make sure you're keeping them fairly moist. Yeah. Um, especially in this heat. Um, and hopefully you'll see a little better germination from there. And just getting good quality seeds. And, and they, they uh, were, actually. They were very good. Okay, seeds. good. Okay, then you should be good. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And I'm going to go to Mary. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. Uh, I'm wondering about uh, um, what to do in between my the house and our neighbor's house. There, the grass doesn't grow. Um, I don't want to put rocks in because that seems to. We have a walkout basement, so everything goes. The rocks all fall into there, kind of thing. And you had mentioned something a couple of weeks ago that some sort of fabric uh, or something to put on there. Yeah, I use a I use a ru- I use a rundle dust. It's okay. a ten millimeter rundle. Okay. And it's very similar to the red shale that you used to see in the baseball diamonds, but it's nicer. It actually packs tighter. Oh, okay. And I actually I used it on the side of my house, and it, it's just like it's almost like walking on concrete, but it's it's actually a really nice color. It's a, like it's a darker charcoal color, mm-hmm. so it's quite aesthetically pleasing, and it's easy to walk on. You can roll your lawnmower up and down it, and you can use it for slopes as well. So. If if you have a walkout basement, you probably have a slope going mm-hmm. down from the yeah. front to the back, and so you you don't even have to put stairs in it if if you can handle walking the grade, and yeah. it doesn't really wash away. So we use that for most of our pathways, areas where things don't grow, and it's it's a good budget conscious product. It's not super expensive, so. Okay, great. That's wonderful. Thank uh, you so much. Just remove all the organics first, like remove all the soil. Yeah. And get down to the clay. Make sure there's just level it out as best you can, sort of go and make sure it's away from the house. And then you put your rundle dust in. I, I go two or three inches deep and it packs like a rock and you'll you'll just you'll love it. Okay, so you don't have to use the landscape fabric on the item? Um if you get right down to the clay, you don't really ha- have to, but if you it doesn't hurt if you want to put a layer of that down before. Okay. But if you get rid of all your organics, you're fine. Wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. And I got a quick text here. Good morning. We have a quick fire hydrangea that is leafing out. However, we didn't prune it this spring. Last year's flowers are still on the branches. Are we too late? No, right now, I haven't done mine yet either. I'm just waiting. They're all just starting to bud. So, and typically you'll see a bit of, so you just go just above the the first green node that are popping out. And then you even them up at this time. So right now is the perfect time to do your hydrangeas. And uh, like I said, mine are just popping out. They're all just getting ready to prune out um, any of the old blooms and things like that. So so you're totally fine. And again, if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. If you want to give me a call, and I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and I'm going to give a couple. I'm going to read a couple of texts up quick. When you when can they start digging out the quack grass after I'd sprayed it with Roundup? The tops are all dead. I like to make sure I wait a good week or so after you kind of after it's totally brown. If you want to make sure it gets down into the root system and get rid of that, 
And then also my elderberry and barberries seem to leaf out at the bottom. And they'll do that once in a while. Again, when we have our dry falls, ensure that you water everything in really good in the in the fall. And it's just a little bit of winter desiccation. So just cut them down to the bottom, and they'll push up a whole bunch of new growth from the bottom, and you shouldn't have any problem from there. So uh, give that a try. And again, another one here. You said to cut back nine bark to the ground. Even if there is some growth on the stem, should I cut this one to the ground? Um, and it this got freeze-dried. I would take about a third of this one off just to even it up because you kind of got it. It's kind of going all over. Maybe just take the top 8 to 10 inches off it and just even it up a bit and make a little bit of a bigger tree well around it and maybe remove a little bit of that grass in between the house and your bed and put a little bit of mulch in there, and then that will make a big difference as well. And I'm going to go to the phone line and I'm going to chat with Shelly. Good morning, Shelly. Carl. I have a question about uh, tree suckers. Our neighbor's tree, it seems to be getting worse every year where suckers are just shooting up all over the place. Is there a way to control that or stop it or kill it? And not, yeah. Um, it's hard, right? Like, is it, it's because a lot of it's probably from a little bit, they probably don't water the tree enough. So it's up looking for nutrients and water. So is it like a big oh. poplar or something like that? Or? No, I don't know what kind of a tree it is. It doesn't seem to grow really super tall, but it's kind of more like it kind of branches, branches out wider. I, I'm not sure okay. what kind it is. but yeah, yeah, It could be a May Day or a Schubert probably, maybe a May Day. Does it bloom white flowers in the spring? Yeah, yeah. Okay, then it would be a May Day. Um, okay. Yeah, there's not much you do. You can go down along the fence line. You can kind of dig down and remove the roots that come from your neighbor's yard into yours. Okay. And, and dig that out. And then you can spray the ones after you do that um, just with Roundup or something or, or just okay. dig them out. It, it's, so it's, it's a hard one. And maybe yeah, – and they just – like those big trees are just looking for, for more water. So, so if I watered it for them, it would <laughs> – Yeah, it would definitely would help. help. Yeah, okay. then they're not searching for water. So Okay. Okay. I'll give that a try too. Okay. That's about all you can do, unfortunately. You can try top dressing the grass a bit too. You can put a couple inches of soil on top and your grass okay. will grow through that, no problem. And then it, it, it that will help sustain it a little bit as well. Okay. All right. Perfect. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Help. Sorry. Okay. Yep. Bye bye. <laughs> thanks. Bye bye. All right, and I'm going to go to Jennifer. Good morning, Jennifer. Hi there. Um, Hi, how can I help you? I'm I'm sort of the same question as the caller before. So we just removed our our big 50-year-old poplar yesterday. Um, so I'm wondering now what I can do to prevent the suckers, any more suckers from coming up, and what I can do to prevent um, any more roots from spreading. Yeah, see, and it's hard. If you have a big poplar like that, your your yard is going to be full of roots. So the yeah. best way to do it, sort of a good, better, best, um, the best way would be is to get a, a bobcat, hire a bobcat company, come in and just sort of remove all the root system, like dig the trunk out, dig the roots, remove, a, just go through your yard and remove a bunch of the topsoil. So it's going to be full of roots everywhere. That's right. And kind of re regrade the yard and bring in some fresh loam after that and start fresh. Okay. Okay. Otherwise, I'll be honest, you're going to be fighting it for a long time because those, it's a big old 
poplar and lots of big roots down there. So, and even the stump grain from the arborist, and we do that, it doesn't look after all the root systems. So, and I, I know Mark and the guys try to let people know that when we do it, that, yeah, you can't plant a tree and you're going to have lots of roots. So it's just, yeah. I, and, and just hire like a good bobcat guy, a good grading guy, come in and he can remove all the roots, okay. bring in some well, fresh soil, regrade it, and that would be the best. So with the tree removed, are the suckers still going to come up? Oh, and yeah. the roots still yep. going to go? Yep. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, they're all living. That's sort of how, like if you look in the forest, a lot of the aspens, they grow in clones and poplars are the same thing. So that's how they sort of reproduce and they send out their surface roots and then they send up more trees. So right. then as the big old trees die off, the young ones take over exactly. and they, they sort of create like a little colony there. So Okay. Okay. Fair all right. enough. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. Okay, Thank bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. All right, and I got one more before the break. We're going to go to Wayne. Good morning, Wayne. Hi, Merle. Uh, hey, how can I help you? Take my call. Uh, of course. Well, my carraganas uh, this past week have really taken off, and uh, they're still uh, blossoming. Uh, and I'm wondering if if I can trim them a bit at this time, or should I wait until the they're finished blossoming. No, uh, it, it's fine to do it now because then you might even get a bit of thickening up on on them as well. So just when the new growth comes up, if you're trying to keep them at a certain height, it's actually better to do it sooner because then you're not cutting into older wood. Okay. All right. Is, and, are you trying to keep it at a certain height or are you trying to? Yeah, yeah at a certain yeah. height and even a certain width as well. Uh, yeah. They tend to... Um, the new growth that's coming up from underneath some of it, it, it's, it tends to fall over more. Yeah. And so on, so i got to keep propping them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's what I'll do. So uh, there again, not very much, like four to six inches, something like that. Is that the right yeah, amount? That's, yeah, and just sort of pick your height where you're trying to keep them, and you should be fine. Yeah. Okay, okay. great. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right, to get a few texts here, got a couple that I'm going to go through. Um, Dale just sent me a thing, and he has a young spruce tree we've had for a couple of years, both through high, but he's getting these white spots on it, and it looks like mealy bug. So, what I would try to do is even get a uni nozzle, and you got aphids in there, I can see as well. So, what I would do is get a, a good little uni nozzle and just just pressure wash those out, not like a gas-powered pressure washer, but just one on the end of your hose. And just just get in there with a bit of extra pressure and just hose all that off, clean them up. Give that little spruce tree a good shot of 30-10-10. You got a few of them around there, around your nice fountain, and just help uh, green them up a bit. They look like they're just starving a little bit, but I'd give them a good shot of 30-10-10 and then just hose that mealy bugs out of there and get rid of that because they'll – they're starting to take all the nutrients out of your spruce tree. So if you do that, um, that should definitely help. And I'm going to take a quick break. And when we get back, you can give me a shout, 403-974-8255. Phone lines are wide open. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR.
Sunny and 17 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10:30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. A new change to speed limits on neighborhood roads is coming to Calgary effective tomorrow. Drivers will be required to slow down from 50 kilometers an hour to 40. Calgary police say they'll they will be focusing on education and outreach before transitioning to enforcement through tickets and fines. And the number of Albertans in hospital with COVID has dropped to 478. The government has said if there are fewer than 500 people in hospital two weeks from now, at the same time the latest vaccinations take full effect, it will lift an array of health restrictions on June 10th. Premier Jason Kenney says the decline in hospitalizations shows that Alberta Albertans' efforts to stick to guidelines and to get vaccinated are paying off. It's 17 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's favorite year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to the phone line and we're going to chat with Allison. Good morning, Allison. Good morning. I I, uh, got a question for you regarding your fertilizer. You know your lawn fertilizer? Yep. That you recommend for, um, I I called you in the the spring and you said throw it on your raspberries, throw it on your perennials, throw it everywhere. Yeah. So I did that in the spring. So do I have to do that again during the season? Like I've got, oh my goodness, so many flowers on my bushes right now. Yeah, because um, we we got the good fertilizer in there. You got some good phosphate happening for it. Yeah. Um, that's a slow release, depending on how heavy. Um, you should be good, I would say, once a year with that. Um, oh, okay. So it, only in the yeah, spring is good. Yeah, I because you with our trees and shrubs, we want to slow them down a little bit once we get okay. past the summertime. Okay. So it, it wouldn't hurt. You could do it in the fall if you wanted, but I would just uh, once a year is is going to be lots. Um, if you give it a good shot, no, the grass, we do three times, three different, cause it's a heavy feeder. So heavier in the spring, you do the full dose, cut it by a third in the summer and then cut it by another third when you go into the fall. Great. Okay. And, but everything else, like all my gardens, uh, flower beds and vegetables and, um, just once a year is good for those. Just once. Okay, yeah, mix it Thank in you. there. Yeah, sprinkle mm-hmm. it in there. Mix it in, and then it just slowly release. It'll keep feeding them as it goes. So, awesome. Thank you so much, Merle. You're very welcome, and thanks for calling, Allison. Appreciate <laughs> it. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. All right, and I'm going to go to Jessica. Good morning, Jessica. Hi, Merle. How are you? Hi there. Good. Good. Hi How there. are you? I'm good. Can I just actually get you to say hi to my mom? She turned you, she turned me on to your show. Her name's Carol. Hi, Carol. Thanks for <laughs> listening. listening. For sure. So awesome. I just had a question about my clematis. So I have three, and I think they're Group C clematis. Okay, so they die back to the ground every year. Well, actually, I just got them, and I, okay. I cut them back. I'm not sure if I was supposed to. So I pruned them back pretty hard. So two of them have grown, but one of them hasn't. Did I mess them up by cutting them back? 
yeah, you really sh- don't need to cut them back in the springtime like that. It, it doesn't okay. hurt, I guess, to, to to thicken them up a little bit. If you just had one one stem coming straight up, if you just wanted to cut it back a bit to help thicken it, that wouldn't okay. hurt it. So they're pretty delicate at the beginning. So don't be too worried. Okay. It, 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 just plant them. Make sure you're watering them. Keep the roots cool. And so okay. a lot of times people cool. put a rock or or something in front of a in front of the roots on your clematis, especially if you have oh. it in a hot spot. Yeah, and I put some mulch down around the roots yeah. as well, and, and planted Perfect. them pretty deep, so they should yeah. be okay. Okay, yeah. awesome. That's it. And that's well, that was easy. Thank you so much, that, and yeah, uh, thank and you. thanks, and uh, thanks to your mom for putting me on to to our show. Thank you. Oh yeah, she loves your show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Merle. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. And I believe, where are we at for time? I got a bit of time. I think I'm going to go to Jerry. Good morning, Jerry. Hi, Merle. It's Jerry calling. Listen, hey I'm there. growing my sweet peas, and I heard that lady had a problem, and I, too, had a huge problem. Um, and okay. I have it every year. So this year, I, I didn't put all my seeds in one basket and then just grow them indoors i actually kept them separated and i i counted them and then i counted how many came up and i came and i got soil from you and i had your girl make me a blend right and then i came home and i put it in the wheelbarrow and i stirred it all up and i did everything i should do for those sweet peas and i ordered the seeds and i didn't get i planted 1400 seeds and i got 600 germination well, so you're under half. Yeah. So anyways, I'm upset because, of course, you don't have a long growing time here. And so I sprouted them. Okay. And so I put them in a paper towel, and I gave them a bit of moisture on the paper towel, covered them over, put them in a plastic bag on a, you know, on a tray or a yep. plate, yep. put them in the dark, and I went back, and I have... Sweet peas now, I had germination rate of probably over 80% once I sprouted them. Awesome. Well, then. So people should not be putting them in the ground and expecting them to come up. Because that's been my thing every year, is I put them in the ground or years ago. Now I've been growing them in the house and then transplanting. But I'm telling you, if you don't keep track of what you're doing, and ahead of time you lose out for the season because yeah, they are no, only and, germinating half, half or yeah, less. And, and, and you could get the birds getting in there as well yeah, and whatever mine else. But, indoors, Merle. Mine, yeah, I no, I mean, in the garage. and you're getting, yeah, and that's where you're getting the good germination, right? Because I went in and out. No, I had good germination in the house when I sprouted them on a piece of paper towel. Okay. okay. I did not have good germination when I... I I put I planted them. I put them in the back of my little caddy, and I would back the caddy out every night or yep. every day, and bring it back in at night. And the garage is not freezing, and they just did not do well. But if I sprouted them in the paper towel, the germination is incredible. Now they're a little. They're you know I waited a month for them to come up, and then yep. started counting. So like I'm a month behind in the next group, but they did come up within a week planted them right away and they're not that far behind now like once they're in the soil they grow good so outside but i was just going to tell people like germinate them like yeah no do it do it 
Yep. No, if you're able to do that, absolutely. Well, it's just, you know, it's so depressing when you... I used to wait for them to come up in the garden, like that lady said, and then you'd get such a low amount, but it's too late to redo it. So yes. that's when you got to go buy them. So anyways, I was just going to say, anybody that's doing any kind of sweet peas, like germinate them and then put them in the ground, and you'll be way, yeah, way happier. Yeah, and I know Diana does a lot of that, and we do sell the pre... Um, we have them. We sell them in the bedding packs as well, so it gives you the head start. Yeah, it gives you that nice big start. The other okay. thing was, after I transplanted in, them into the ground, I can start like a week or two after that. I can start fertilizing here pretty quick, eh? Just a low yep. uh, little fertilizer. Okay, the other thing was, I put a rock garden under a couple of spruce trees, and the spruce tree, one of them is not looking healthy. Would that be because the rocks are holding the moisture away? Or no? Um, Would that be helpful? Um, probably not. Like they, the rocks really don't. The, the water should be able to go right through them. Okay, so just keep the, Just put a soaker hose on it and just. Yeah. It's just not yep. doing very well since I did this lovely yep. rock garden. So I'll cover it. Yeah, give it a good soak. Good. Anyways, Merle, I just wanted to give you a heads up on that. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Take care. Thanks, bye. Jerry. Bye bye. And I'm going to take a quick break. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. <clears throat> Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And again, quite a few questions on this. I'll answer it really quickly. Good morning, Merle. Our neighbor's spruce tree hangs over our fence, and we have to cut the branches up so high so the spots get lost and the light. What can we use to bring the grass back? And the, and those are always tough spots because um, um, typically the big spruce tree works like an umbrella. It sheds all the water away to the outside. It doesn't get much light under those areas. So what you can do is either like this one is up against the fence. Um, you can just create like a bigger bed in there and you could plant some junipers, uh, upright junipers, things like that. A couple of mugo pines, put a couple of rocks in there, or you can try to revitalize the grass. And it, it takes a bit more work because you're fighting again, mother nature, give it a good, really raking, remove a bunch of the, the needles and things like that. Put in some new topsoil, um, overseed it with a bunch of grass seed, um, and then just keep it moist. Use our fertilizer, the 16326, green it up. But you also need to ensure that you're, you're watering that area a bit more so when it rains and things like that, because underneath the spruce tree, it's shedding the water away. So you have to be the one that gets the water to it. So um, give that a try, and hopefully that will help you out. And I'm going to go to... Bruce on the phone line. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning. How can I help you? Well, I think uh, you just answered part of our question with regard to these coniferous trees that kill the lawn around it. Uh, yeah, it's a tough one. The healthier they get, the less lawn we have. So, and 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 honestly, you're, you're, that's a very just an accurate statement. Like it's, and I get asses all the time, and so I don't even try to fight it. I just remove the grass usually. Uh, eight to ten inches past the drip line of the spruce tree. I make a nice edge in the grass, put mulch underneath it, and just work with Mother Nature instead of trying to fight it because it's always a pain to try and mow underneath there anyway, so you might as well just make it look good. 
And, and uh, I guess and let, the, the more water answer, uh, which was part of your previous answer, uh, uh, certainly helps the situation, uh, but it makes the trees grow better and stronger. And yeah, as yeah which is good. It, and a lot of it is the light as well, right? It's just not getting enough light underneath there. Yeah. So it, uh, and and then the needles drop. So this, it's really, you're, you're, you said it's, the spruce tree is trying to recreate the forest floor right. and it drops those needles down there. And that's protection against bugs and spruce weevil and all the little, uh, there's a little maggot and a worm spruce budworm. So the more needles that are down around the base of your spruce tree, the more protection it has. So that way when those little worms, they don't want to crawl through there cause they're just getting poked. Right. So when now, we clean the, all that stuff up, last part of my question is, Planting things under the under these coniferous trees, uh, hostas seems to grow very well. Is there more plants like that that yep. survive it? Fiddlehead ferns should do really quite well. And as long as you, if you're getting a bit of light, and as long as they get the moisture, like you could do ligularias, hostas, brunaria, and I always like to add a couple boulders, like just a couple big rocks, just to add a little bit of a natural element. And then, and then you're good to go. Okay. Well, I think you've answered our question, and we probably ask this question every year. But uh, the trees get bigger, and the problem gets bigger. And uh, I think maybe yeah. the easiest thing to do, right off the top of my head, is just make sure that uh, the area is well maintained, lots of water. Yep, yeah, absolutely. And like I said, just don't fight Mother Nature. She's a powerful one. So just cut out the grass out past the drip line. Let the tree do its thing. And uh, and then your grass could do its thing on the outside, and everybody's happy. Very good. Thank you for your awesome. time. We like your program. Thank you, Bruce. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Right. And thanks to thanks to everybody. And again, on the text, I I got like a lot of text, and sometimes I'm not answering in full sentence. I'm just go yes, you can, or so I'm I'm not trying to offend anybody by just short texting or anything. I'm just trying to get through everybody. So I appreciate that and. Uh, and please don't get offended if I, I'm not perfect punctuation and spelling, etc. Because <laughs> that's who I am as well. So, anyways, let's go to Debbie. Good morning, Debbie. Yeah. Hi, Debbie. Hi. Can you can you hear me? Yes, can I can. You? How can okay. I help you? Uh, what I'm wondering about is ants. Like I texted in around nine, so maybe you didn't get yeah. a chance. We have ants unbelievable in Ericana here and I am going to short of blowing up the place because they're really rude <laughs> I want to oh, get yeah, rid of them yeah it's they are a nasty little beast they are so um, they don't like it if they get a little bit more they love where it's hot and warm right okay so so that's why they go underneath concrete pads and different areas because it warms up underneath there. Okay. So one way I've suggested is we've we've had a, a caller and we've talked about this for numerous years. It's a thing and it's not a product. It's something you just do yourself. So you get yourself one of those like a big tree pot, like those the big black plastic pots that the trees come in. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you fill that with soil and we call that a plant or an ant hotel. So you put that near the near your your anthill. Okay. And then the 
the ants will move into that because it's really nice and warm because with the color of that uh, pot huh? and the heat, it goes into the heat and it'll yep. go in there. So they crawl into the bottom yep. and then they just, they'll, they'll move into that thing. Then all of a sudden you have a big colony of ants. So then you can just pick up that, the hotel and then you can move it. <laughs> okay. So do you, put the, do you put the hotel on a board so that you can move that? Like if you have well, that no, pot just upside even right, down. Yeah, no, not upside down. The other way, you leave it facing up, so they'll oh, crawl in the and bottom. Oh, you make a holes. little hole in the. Well, most of the nursery pots all have about four or five holes along the bottom gotcha. for drainage. So then they just crawl in there, and okay. then, then yeah, and then away you go. Oh my gosh! Well, I I will try that. Yeah, give it a try. I've had quite a few people have really good success. Okay. And other than that, you're using an ant out or or diatomaceous earth or pure spray green, something like that. Okie dokie. An ant hotel by Cracky. Okay, yeah, and it's then. and and I, I'm not selling. We do we have the pots. You can buy a pot, but I yeah. guess I just got to change the name, and I'll charge twice as much. You call the Ant Hotel. No, <laughs> don't, go, don't go there, bro. Come on. No, I'm, I'm kidding. No, but that's because uh, I had someone come in and ask where the Ant Hotels were, right? And I just go, it's just these five dollar pots. That's it. Like, that's it. <laughs> okay. Right. Okie dokie. I'll give it a try. Right. Thank you so much. Right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks, Debbie. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone line. And I've got a people asking, too, about the window to spray for uh, the oyster shell scale. And that on your ketoniasters, usually around mid-June um, to maybe a little bit later, right in that area, um, you should be able to start spraying those with the pure spray green and and give that a try. Hopefully that works out for you. If you get it really bad, if you have lots of damage, I always say it's better to start out fresh, cut your ketoniasters right down the ground, rejuvenate them, and get them going and uh, and go from there. I'm going to go to Judy. Good morning, Judy. Um, Hi, Jude. Well, are you familiar? This is a plant that you, that you see growing in older areas of the city, and, okay. I, and and so it was given to me a number of years ago. It's like a bush, and I believe it's called the false ash spirea. Yeah, there's false stem spirea. They're real, a light green. Well, and real kind of ferny looking. Yeah, the leaves look very much like a mountain ash leaf. Yep, yep. No, it's a stem spirea. Stem S-T-E-M. Well, um, so I've had I've had one for about twenty years or more, and we always really liked it because these great big white plumes, and the bees love it. Um, Yep. And and no bugs touch it. And, uh, but um, I have the one in a sunny location just seems to thrive. It's surrounded mostly by cement. It's okay. There's one in the back that's more shaded, and it, it grows very slowly, but it's okay. But yeah, and that's now, why it just doesn't have enough, yeah, but enough now uh, sun. It's suckering terribly. 
suffering. Yeah, that's why, because they're suffering. So when, when they start, when they're not happy where they are, that's when you get a lot more suckers. And do you think it would be, and, and then just then this last year, for the very first time, I had problems with roots in the drain line, um, you know, backing up our... our uh, do you have our, willows or poplars or something like that? No. No, there's not. There's a mountain ash, there's an apple tree, and this stem spirea that I thought, well, I wonder if that could be it. Hmm. But anyway, yeah, I, it's I unusual think, that those aren't ones that are typically a big root system. So I would, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I should maybe I might just take out the spirey that's the one that's more struggling and and yeah, and move it into sun. Okay, can I ask you one other quick question? So sure, plant, one quick one. Plants that are coming, moving from my neighbor's yard. To my yard, and and they're I think they're flowering plants, but um, some of them are like lilies of the valleys and things that are kind of invasive. Yeah. What could you could you just is there a tool that you can run down along the edge of the fence that would kind of cut off the roots? Yeah, you can use like a good sharp edger that would work really good. Okay. You think just a big knife? Yeah, big knife, big sh- a big edger, big square shovel, jam okay. it through there. Because Alrighty. I will, I will give it a try. Thank you. All right. Good luck. Thanks. Bye. All right. I'm going to go to Susan. We'll try to do a quick call here. Good morning, Susan. Hi. Good morning. <clears throat> quick question. I have yes. a, I, I just removed my big poplar from my yard. Um, yep. and had the main roots taken out too. I would really like to put my tree, new trees in, big trees in as soon as possible. But I'm wondering whether the tree should come first or whether I should work the repair. Uh, you work the soil. Work the soil. Make sure you can dig the hole first because typically yeah. if you have a big poplar in there, you're not going to be able to plant in that same vicinity without digging down uh, two to three feet, removing a bunch of the root system and uh, adding fresh soil in there. Okay, perfect. And uh, also, right. do you have your, do you, are your trees, your caliper trees, are they are they in at the moment? Are they yes, your absolutely. Lobby? Yep. Thank yep. you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I might have time for one quick one here. I'll go to Tom. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Merle. Uh, I have one problem. I have okay. a couple of big spruce trees in my front yard, and I've been trying to grow with no success. I've tried Potentella, I've tried Spirea. You got any ideas, suggestions? Yeah, you probably need to go more shade. And we chatted earlier, like hostas, some of the junipers, but they need to be out a little bit and they need to get enough light. So if your branches are really low to the ground, you're going to really struggle with that. So I would just, yeah, you could try some of the shade stuff. Goatweed, or I just put boulders and I just try and make it look a little bit more natural with bark mulch. Do you have hostas at your store? Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, I'll probably skip down there today and pick up what I can. Sounds good. Thanks, Chat with the gals in there. They'll help you out. Thanks, Tom. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. And I just want to say thanks to everybody. Stay safe. We're almost near the end here of this uh, thing we've gone through. So back to normal is coming. It's right on the horizon. And I'll be here next week, and we'll get our garden on right here on 770 CHQR.